Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Willis. He is the president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago area. He's also a certified financial planner. And he's also the author of a book called How to Be an Amazon Legend and Fire Your Banker. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Mark. Jordan, glad to be on. Thank you. Let's just get your uh, history a little bit and how you got to where you are today. Very good. Well, I'll take you as far back as, maybe as far back as any guest has taken you. I was five years old and I had a paper bag in my sock drawer with about 50 bucks in it. I'd somehow accumulated this money with lemonade stands and allowance and all that. And, you know, my mom being, you know, wanting to give me the best start to money life as possible, she said, all right, 50 bucks is what it takes to open up a checking account. So uh, it was our errand one day to head to the bank. And I, it was my job to grab my paper bag of money, all of my life savings, everything that I had ever accumulated as a little five-year-old. And my job was to hand it over to an absolute and complete stranger in a suit. And that was my initiation with the banking world. (laughs) And I felt a bit intimidated by it being five years old, but I also felt a bit skeptical. I didn't think that this guy had my best interest at heart. And wouldn't you know, I, I wasn't far off from the truth. I didn't know it at the time, of course, but fast forward a few more years, Jordan, and now I'm graduating college with six figures of student loan debt, um, mostly on my side of the ledger, but my wife and I both carried that into our marriage together. And I graduated my grad degree in 2008, a great time to be looking for work. Oh, boy. 2008. (laughs) (laughs) And we had uh, an incredible experience figuring out that student loans actually, at that time anyway, did want to be repaid. They, they expected to be repaid at that point uh, in our nation's history. So I had to find work and I got very, very aware of my financial life because of all that debt I had racked up. It's so interesting that if an 18-year-old kid walks into a bank and hands them a business plan, they'll get laughed out of the bank and won't get a loan. But if that same 18-year-old kid wants to go to a university and learn about arts and crafts, um, they'll give them six figures of student loan debt. That just seems anathema to me. Yes. But anyway, so we got into uh, all that debt, and we had to find a good way to get out of it without wasting a decade of our life, not to mention a decade of compound growth. And that led us to strategies that we specialize in now in our firm at Lake Growth Financial Services, where we work with clients all over the country to help them build real wealth. Uh, alongside the rest of their portfolio uh, without taking a bunch of unnecessary risk. And that's uh, including the bank on yourself strategy, income maximization strategies, and more. So we'll get into those in more detail here. Um, So you have clients from all over the country or mostly in the Chicago area? Uh, All over the country, all over the world, actually. But uh, most of our clients are in the United States, all 50 states. So let's get into the uh, bank on yourself concept. Uh, there was originally a book, I guess, called Bank on Yourself from a guy named Nelson Nash, who talked about this a long time ago. It's not that well known. It's, it uses life insurance. But why don't you kind of go into the basics of how the bank on yourself strategy works and the advantages of it? Sure. Yeah. It, it, you know, there's, there's a number of different functions our money can have. When it was in my paper bag as a five-year-old, I had a few things going for me. I had liquid access to that money in my paper bag. It was, at least presumably, it was safe, except from siblings. It was safe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it wasn't exactly growing with any kind of competitive rate of return or anything. 
Uh, and, you know, we could lay that next to a 401k and 401ks have certain attributes and characteristics as well. So do credit cards. So does a HELOC. So does a dynastic trust. So does an annuity. Uh, so does real estate. Everywhere we put our money, it makes our money act differently. That's such an obvious statement. But Jordan, I'll tell you, most people live their life and they never really pause to consider what do they want their money doing for them. Generally, they're just told, okay, it's you're an adult now, time to get a 401k. Okay, you want tax-free? Okay, grab that Roth IRA over there. Hey, you want to be with the cool kids? Time to get some crypto. And we just start accumulating all of these accounts. And for one reason or another, they just sort of go into our financial backpack. And so they just start building up almost like a, a, um, a, a burden actually over time. We start wondering, well, why did I get that brokerage account again? And oh yeah, I've got that little annuity back there. And what am I doing with all this stuff? What's the strategic plan? And I remember when my wife got her first full-time job, she got that 401k and we just kind of had to sign, sign, sign. We never really thought about it. Like, do we even want this? So anyway, to, to answer your question, Jordan, the, the first and most important thing we can do is say, all right, what do we want our money doing for us? And for me, for my wife, and for a lot of our clients, we wanted a, a few things. We wanted it to be a predictable and even guaranteed access to the cash. We wanted it to grow with a competitive rate of return. We wanted tax-free access to the money for any reason now in our current life, but also in our future retirement years as well. Uh, we wanted it to be private and safe, away from creditors, predators, that sort of thing. People who would try to sue us or a bankruptcy proceeding, God forbid. We wanted it to be safe from all of that. We wanted it to be used as collateral for all of life's needs, whether we wanted to buy a house or buy some real estate investing. And as I started getting into my CFP trainings and learning more and more about you know, the full universe of the financial life that we all participate in, I was stunned when I saw that of all things, a dividend paying whole life insurance contract met all of my requirements for what I wanted my money to do for me. So again, in very brief uh, yeah. summary here, whole life insurance, if it's designed the bank on yourself way, does four things really well. Number one, it grows at a predictable and even guaranteed pace. Every single year, you have an increase of your cash more than you had last year, no matter what the stock market's doing, no matter what real estate's doing. Second, it has access to the money, and if it's done correctly, the tax law says, and for the last 100 years, we've been able to access that cash with no taxes due, much like a Roth IRA, but without all the you know puppet, puppet strings of a Roth IRA. Third, it is life insurance, so we'll always leave our family more than we could ever save for them in the policy. If I put a dollar into my savings account and I die, my family gets a dollar. If I put a dollar into my policy and I die, my family gets much more than a dollar because it's life insurance. And then fourth and lastly, and then I'll hush, um, we can use the policy like a line of credit or even like a bank. It's not a bank, obviously, but it's a life insurance policy that can function like a bank in that I can borrow against the cash value. And if it's designed properly, Jordan, the policy will continue to grow and compound even on the capital I borrowed. So if I've got $100,000 of cash value, for example, and let's say I want to buy a $40,000 vehicle. Cars are getting more expensive these days. If I want to buy a $40,000 vehicle, my policy will continue to grow even on the 40 grand I borrow out of that policy. It'll grow on the entire 100,000 bucks and I get the car. And I've got control over how I repay that loan to the policy that I own. So that's it in a nutshell. Uh, and so I'll try to keep that story sure. as short as possible. Thoughts, what, feedback, what? suggestions. Why is this not 
more popular or known or kind of traditional financial planners don't typically use this bank on yourself strategy? Why is it kind of not incredibly widespread and mainstream? Well, I'll give you my answer. The, the only answer is I'm trying my best to let folks know about it. Uh, so I guess I'm not doing well enough, right? <laughs> That's the answer. But uh, the, the shorter answer is Wall Street doesn't want us to know. I mean, that to be quite candid with you, when they charge you a fee, assets under management, it's, it's bad news for them if you're telling them that you're going to take money away from their Wall Street portfolio and put it into life insurance. Um, it was the way. It was the primary way that Americans saved before ERISA in the 19, well, really the 1960s, but even more so toward the late 1970s. Until the 1960s, half of all Americans kept the majority of their net worth, their non-house net worth in cash value life insurance and annuities, insurance contracts. Uh, that's the way it's always been for the last 150 plus years until our most recent generation. And I'd just be curious if you think, Jordan, are we better off as a nation now that we've gone through this 50-year experiment? So you why know, is it that people didn't, I mean, the, the, the basic thinking was that life insurance returns were very low. And so that's not a place you, I mean, maybe three, four, five percent. Mm -hmm. And you're going to earn far better in the stock market and bond market. And I think that's one of the reasons that people didn't want to put a huge amount, as they might have in the past, in, into life insurance policies. Is that the reason why that happened, do you think? You know, there's, uh, I know, I know uh, there's probably a 40-minute answer. I'll try to get it to a four-minute answer or shorter. Um, you know, there was a very interesting generation that had just gone through the pipeline, uh, the baby boomers. And if you look at the stock market over the last 100 years, it looks pretty flat all the way up until about 1980. Really, in 1980, that's when the first 401k was issued. And that's also about when the, the major part of the baby boomers were starting to come of age. And what were they doing? They were putting all their money into qualified plans tied to the stock market. So we call this the roaring 20. From 1980 to the year 2000, the average return of the stock market did about 12%, which is remarkable because it's never done that at any other period of time before 1980. Since 1980, from 2000 to 2020, the returns have actually been much more modest, closer to the mean, which is about 3 or 4%. Uh, that's even with dividends included. So there's a big myth out there that we can just fall off a log and get 12% in the stock market. We did when the boomers were putting money into the market, but now as they retire, as they're approaching 10,000 boomers retiring every single day, and they'll continue to take money out of the markets as they spend it on groceries and the grandkids, what will happen to the market returns that we've all enjoyed over these last 20, well, from 1980 to 2000, um, and even in the last 20 years? You know, what will happen when so much pressure on the sell side of the market is happening? Uh, who will be the buyers? I don't know. But I don't want to tie my entire financial life to that casino. I don't mind. I have money in the market. I don't mind investments. They're, they're important as a CFP. I, I think there's an important part of the investment equation. But what if you could have, what would it feel like to have a portion of your portfolio in something that only went up, even if markets were going down? Yeah, right. Because they've got long-term investments, mostly bonds, actually, in real estate in the insurance portfolio, they're not that exposed to the stock market when you get down to it. That's right. And even if the even if you're talking about the insurance company itself, the insurance company has their own portfolio of diversified assets and and mostly fixed income. You're exactly right, Jordan. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Willis, 
He is president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago, Illinois area. Uh, you can find out more about what he offers at his website, kickstartwithmark.com. Kickstartwithmark.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Willis. He is president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago, Illinois area. You can find out more about him at his website, kickstartwithmark.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Tell people a little bit what they can find out at kickstartwithmark.com. It is a straightforward and simple website uh, where we really say, all right, if you'd like to learn more about some of what we've been sharing on this, I mean, if you would like to grow your savings by a guaranteed and predictable amount every single year, no matter what's happening in the stock market or the economy, uh, we'd offer a free, no obligation initial strategy session that'll help you reach your financial goals without taking any unnecessary risk. I mean, imagine what it would look like, what it would feel like to open up your account statements because they always have good news and no ugly surprises. <laughs> so that's the uh, website, kickstartwithmark.com, a chance to say hi and have a phone call, initial consultation to see if this strategy makes sense for you. Uh, and if folks want to learn more and get to know us and date us first, you might say uh, our podcast is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Very good. Now, you did a book called How to Be an Amazon Legend and Fire Your Banker. So you're kind of combining the bank on yourself strategy with running an Amazon business. Just tell us a little bit about how that would work. Absolutely. The power of this concept is that you can create for yourself, in essence, your own line of credit that is never taken away when banks decide they want to pull, pull the rug out from under us. 
Jordan, there's an old quote by Mark Twain. He says, a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun shines, but wants it back as soon as it starts to rain. And that's uh, no more true than with entrepreneurs and business owners who need access to cash. So what if you had access to a guaranteed line of credit, a pool of cash, a contingency fund, you might say, uh, for all of your inventory? We work with quite a few entrepreneurs on the e-commerce platforms like Amazon or Walmart.com or similar. And oftentimes they make big purchases around this time of year. They make big inventory purchases around this time of year. And why would you pay cash or use, or even worse, use financing like a credit card or something uh, to buy all that inventory? I'll tell you a quick story. I had a business owner client who, yeah, he, when I first met him, he was using uh, business lines of credit and uh, using uh, business lenders that were charging him very high interest rates for his inventory. And his hope was that he could sell all that inventory before the sharks came out uh, and took a bite out of his profits. What we decided instead was let's use these policies, as I described in the previous segment, let's use these policies, borrow against the life insurance cash value at a very low interest rate. And again, the policy continues to grow even on his capital that he borrows. So he borrows out five, six figures of money, no questions asked. Usually it's direct deposited into his bank account in about a week. And then he buys all the inventory he needs. And again, there's no required repayment plan of any sort. Um, you know, if, if he takes three months or six months or three years to pay off that, that uh, loan, that's okay. But meanwhile, the policy continues to grow. And this allows him two things. It allows him some arbitrage in his policy, but it also gives him greater arbitrage in his business. You know, the idea of, is um, retail arbitrage or online arbitrage is a very popular strategy with e-commerce business owners. And if you are in a rush to sell your inventory, Jordan, like most businesses are to, to pay off the lines of credit and the, the loans and so forth that they've taken to buy that inventory, if they're in a rush to sell all that stuff, they're going to sell at a cheaper price. But if you've got all the time on your hands to pay off those loans, a policy loan that is, then you can wait around and wait for the right price. Sell your inventory to the highest bidder and increase your margins, not to mention create for yourself a pool of money in your policy that you can then use as a retirement stream when the time comes to retire. So uh, this is like the online selling where people don't actually uh, have warehouses themselves, but Amazon will warehouse it for them and you basically put up a website. Um, so it's, it's a financial transaction. So not as though you have to run a warehouse uh, stocking mm -hmm. inventory to do this. Is that right? You know, um, probably a third of our, our uh, e-commerce business owner clients have, you know, Amazon doing all the warehousing for them. Another third are probably using their own warehouse or their garage, <laughs> depending on the size of their business. Um, and the other third would be using a, a rented warehouse uh, that they rent and, and use for their own means as well. So it's, it can be either or. Uh, in this case, they can they can really house that inventory wherever they wish, even if it's virtually through Amazon's own storehouse. So it, so it sounds like it could be risky. What if you don't sell the inventory? I mean, you have to be pretty clear you're going to be able to sell your your stuff, or you're going to have this loan outstanding. With the with the traditional financing methods, yes, that is risky. What would happen is uh, the banks, the sharks, the uh, lines of credit. Uh, would come after you and repossess all your inventory, wreck your credit score, send you to bankruptcy court. 
It's nothing like that with a bank on yourself designed policy loan. Again, there's no required repayment plan. If you took that loan all the way to your grave, let's say 20 years later you pass away and you never paid off that loan, and let's say you had a million dollar death benefit at that point and you had a $300,000 loan against your cash value, your family would get 1 million minus the loan of 300, so your family still gets to walk away with $700,000 income tax free. And that's if you never paid off the loan after 20 years. Uh, to me, that spells peace of mind for my business owner clients and myself as well. Now, does the life insurance policy have to be owned by the business? Or it sounds like you're mixing your personal and business affairs. If you use money from the life insurance, your personal life insurance policy, mm -hmm. uh, to pay for inventory for your business. You bring up a great point, Jordan. And, and this can get a little uh, complicated. So I'd say reach out to me and I can custom design a strategy. Either me or one of my colleagues can design a strategy for you. Uh, in essence, many of the e-commerce business owners that I work with are you know, under $100 million in revenue. Generally, they are sole proprietor or S-corps. So they are pass-through entities anyway, or LLCs. And so in, in essence, they are their business. And so the business could own the policy. Yes, we have quite a few clients that do that. Uh, and there's a number of really fun and creative strategies on the business owner side that we could get into if you want. Um, but ultimately when that business passes on, if, or excuse me, when that business owner passes on, the death benefit is then left to whomever. If it's the business, that's fine. Who owns the business? Well, the surviving spouse does. So that 700 grand I mentioned earlier might go to the business if it was, if, if it was a policy owned by the business, but ultimately it's all for the family, right? We're here for our families and our, our legacies, the business is just a means to the end in that case. Yes, yes. One thing about the bank on yourself strategy, it is a long-term strategy. It takes time for the cash value to build up. You need to be able to borrow against it. Just talk about the long-term nature of this whole strategy. That's right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And, and I have likened it recently to an oak tree. Uh, nobody plants an oak tree and expects it to grow right away or to produce acorns right away. But just like an uh, just like an oak tree, it is true compound growth. What do I mean by that? Uh, we cannot experience true compound growth with volatility. And markets, typically equity markets or real estate markets, give us beta or volatility or up and down. The way I talk about this is if if you and I, let's say I want to drive to your house, Jordan, um, I can either go flying straight to your house like as the crow flies in a straight line with no turns here or there um, or more likely on the roads that we have I'm going to go up I'm going to go down I'm going to go east I'm going to go west I'm going to stop I'm going to go all of that creates extra inertia energy is lost and a lot of efficiency is lost and markets do not go in a straight line and yes the true straight line of the markets might be 8% let's say but once you factor in volatility, we have a lot lower returns due to that up and down and up and down that we all experience every day in the markets. With whole life insurance, it's a slow, predictable, and again, guaranteed increase of our cash every single year, and it's never going to stop. And in fact, it becomes more and more efficient. The back to the oak tree, an oak tree grows more wood around it each and every year. The, the increase of the volume of that tree is greater this year than it was last year, which was greater than the year before and the year before. So that is true straight line compound growth. 
But it's not just compound growth, it's exponential growth because that acorn falling from that first oak tree becomes another oak tree, which becomes another oak tree, which becomes another. And when you have uninterrupted exponential compound growth over time, it becomes an incredibly efficient way to preserve and to grow your capital. Now, again, if folks need instant returns, again, I would say don't do bank on yourself for instant overnight successes. That's what maybe a business is for, or maybe a, um, a more volatile stock would be for. It's not meant to solve every problem, but it sure solves the foundation of most people's financial lives as far as our initial consultations have concluded. So you say uninterrupted growth, but when you're borrowing against it, you're interrupting the growth, right? I mean, is that the way to think about it? Uh, well, that's a great question. In most cases, now again, most people who have whole life policies do not have bank on yourself designed whole life policies. Uh, in this case, if I borrow against my policy, there's something known as a non-direct recognition loan. And what does that mean in human speak, right? In, in regular language, it means the policy does not recognize that I've taken a loan. So if I have, again, if I have $100,000 and I buy that $40,000 car with my policy loan, I have the loan, I have my car, but my policy is still giving me the same guaranteed interest and dividends as if I had never taken the money out of the policy, it's still growing on the full $100,000. So how can the insurance company do that if they don't have the money to be investing if they've lent it out to you? Well, they see us as the investment. They charge us a loan interest rate. Anytime we borrow from the policy, it's, there's a uh, affordable interest rate that's applied to the loans. Typically, it's below market rates. Over a four-year period, Jordan, just to give you some idea, loans APR that I've seen, uh, because it's simple interest, it's about 2% over a four-year period to borrow cash from these policies in today's rates, which in today's world, that's pretty good when I think about mortgages where they are today. Yes. Uh, but again, with my policy loan charging me some interest, but my cash value compounding on the entire volume of my cash, there's still a positive arbitrage in almost every circumstance when I borrow from the policy. Is it magic? No. Uh, so if the I arbitrage never is you're, you're, you're borrowing at two and you're earning maybe four or five on the portfolio, something like that. Is that right? That's right. That's right. But it's not the same as just getting, you know, 3% spread there because I'm getting compound growth on a hundred grand, but I'm only paying say 2% APR on the 40,000 that I borrowed out. So one is compound. The other is simple interest. Well said. Yep. Yeah, so it's a combination of the two that makes the arbitrage work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Willis. He's president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago area. You can find out more about what he does as a certified financial planner at kickstartwithmark.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, 
you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Willis. He's the president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago area. You can find out more about what he's offering at kickstartwithmark.com. Uh, welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So you were saying insurance policy is designed for using this bank-on-yourself strategy. It's not all uh, mutual uh, uh, cash value life insurance policies. W- what is the difference between the ones that this works for and the ones that it does not work for? Well, yeah, you, you bring up a great point, and I want to start with a story. Let's imagine that uh, you and I are building a new apartment building, and uh, in fact, we have uh, sunk a lot of our money into it. Uh, we've engineered it from soup to nuts, uh, and now it's time to install some elevators. Um, <laughs> if we just plug anybody in that um, shaft to kind of build us and engineer us an elevator, how will we know that it was designed properly? I mean, I would want to make sure that it was a certified technician, uh, an engineer, uh, someone who had had some specific training. I mean, just about anybody could get in there, I guess, and hang a box from a string and hopefully we go up instead of down <laughs> when yeah. we push the right button. But that's the same with life insurance. There are over 400,000 life insurance agents in the United States. 400,000, Jordan. That's one for every roughly 800 Americans. If there were 400,000 heart surgeons, I would not just pick any heart surgeon to, to do that important work on me. And that's the case with these policies. They are very different. They are custom designed for very specific purposes. And if folks just maybe grab a a whole life product from their local uh, insurance agent, they may be surprised to find out that the policy was designed more for commissions than cash value. That's very often the case when I see these policies come across my desk. Or when they borrow against the policy, they're penalized by not getting the growth that they thought they'd get, as we were just talking about before the break. Uh, Or it could be even a taxable endowment which could bring some serious tax consequences that they didn't need. They didn't need or, or want, uh, or all of those things. I've seen sometimes people riddled with all of those problems in their policies. So by setting these up properly, all you have to do as the you know owner of the policy is, uh, right, get into the elevator and push the button and up you go. All the engineering was designed on the back end so that your experience was that seamless on the front end. So what are some of the insurance companies you deal with that have policies designed with a bank on yourself strategy? It's not mm-hmm. the big 
mutual companies, Northwestern Mutual and New York Life and Mass Mutual. I mean, what, what are some of the companies that you deal with here? Yeah, you do want a mutually owned company. You do want to be able to make sure that it's mutually owned, not publicly traded uh, on Wall Street. That way you are the, in essence, you're the owner of the company rather than just an asset of the company. You want to make sure that it's been around for a long time. I usually look for companies that have been around for over 100 years and have paid a consecutive dividend without fail for over 100 years. Uh, I like to make sure that the policies have paid up addition writers on them and allow for non-direct loans. This is a mouthful here, but this is why we kind of simplify it by saying, look for someone who is a bank on yourself professional and they'll pick out the right companies, the right products, the right design. So all you have to do is get in that elevator and up you go. So what are some of the companies you deal with? Oh, uh, well, you can look up uh, some of these companies like Lafayette Life Insurance. Uh, You can look up Security Mutual Life Insurance of New York. In fact, we've um, highlighted and even interviewed some of the presidents and vice presidents of these companies on our podcast if you'd like to learn more about them. Okay. Um, Of the 400,000 agents, just super roughly, how many of those are doing bank on yourself? Is it like Mm -hmm. 1% of them? Or just give me a rough idea of how popular this is within the insurance community. Jordan, you and I probably are talking about things that 99% of life insurance agents have no clue what we're talking about right now. (laughs) That's the sad truth. Most insurance agents are are setting people up for term insurance or for universal life insurance, things that um, I would not recommend for the bank on yourself concept. Um, There are about 200 bank on yourself professionals, and that's a trademarked coined phrase, and it's the only credentialed concept. It's the only credentialed training and certification program on this concept in the industry. There are probably a thousand YouTube channels out there talking about knockoff versions of this, infinite banking, private wealth banking, family wealth reserves, 7702 accounts. There's lots of nicknames for this. But the only training program for advisors is the Bank on Yourself Professionals program. It's kind of the USDA organic of this space. Uh, so if you want to make sure you're getting what you think you're getting, work with somebody who's a bank on yourself professional. How would this compare to an index universal life policy, which is very popular today? Because that's a way to play the stock market. When the stock market goes up, you benefit from it. When the stock market goes down, you don't lose money. So why would that not be a better way to use than a traditional cash value where you're going to get 4 or 5% of much lower returns? Well, it's a funny thing you should ask because there's been some recent uh, lawsuits and liabilities uh, against some of these universal life companies. Uh, I I am able to offer indexed universal life. I have the contracts for them. But as a fiduciary and as a CFP, I don't feel comfortable offering indexed universal life for a few reasons. One, for those lawsuits. Why were those lawsuits happening? Uh, Well, if you look them up with uh, some of the companies that are going through those lawsuits right now, it has to do with their changes in the cost of insurance on people without giving them a heads up that they were going to do it. Now, everybody who signs up for an Index Universal Life contract signs their name next to a statement saying that they understand that the insurance company can, you know, change the costs on us. But no one remembers everything they sign. It's, you know, 80 pages long when you get an Index Universal Life contract. Um, And the trouble is, even if the market doesn't take money away from you when the market crashes, that's the promise of the Index Universal Life contract, that when the market crashes, you're protected. Well, the trouble is, I still have a birthday, whether the market goes down or up, right? I'm older this year than I was last year, and my costs for insurance will always go up in an Index Universal Life contract. It's almost like a term policy 
with a side fund in an index somewhere. Uh-huh. And even if the market is, is down and I'm protected, well, that's great. Well, I can still see my cash value going down. In fact, most of the contracts that I see when clients send them to me, if it's an index universal life contract, we will see, even with modest growth assumptions, we will see the cash value start to shrink somewhere around their 60s or 70s, or especially in the early 80s as the expenses rise. Now, when is it? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Comparing that to whole life, uh, you're you're locking in the premium and your cost at the time that at the year you buy it. So it, it, your cost of life insurance is not going to be going up as it is with an IUL. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's right. It's uh, nothing could be further from the truth uh, with regard to IULs always going up or sideways. They will begin to go down. Uh, with whole life insurance, it's very different. The whole life contract only shows an increase in your cash every single year. And that's on a guaranteed basis. We want the risk to be on the shoulders of the insurance company, not back on our shoulders. Uh, I'm comfortable with risk, just not taking any unnecessary risk. Okay. Now, in addition to the bank on yourself, you talk about income maximization strategies. How can you grow your retirement savings without uh, losing a penny in, in down years? Now, this is a great transition, Jordan, because we were just talking, and savvy listeners of your show will understand how indexed universal life works. The idea is you track an index, and when the index is positive, your account gets credited some portion of that, that positive growth. So let's say the S&P 500 is up 7%, uh, then maybe you might get 5%. That's how index universal life works. My problem, as I mentioned, is that the costs of my insurance go up with index universal life. One of the most powerful ways you can still take advantage of that wonderful feature of indexing, where you get to go up when the market's up, but then protected when the market's down, but without all the insurance costs, is to use another indexed option, uh, another indexed product called an indexed, a fixed indexed annuity. Fixed indexed annuity. Fixed index annuities have the advantages of the index where I can go up when the market's up and I'm protected at 0% when the market crashes like we're having this year. We're down, you know, at this recording, somewhere around 18% down for the year. Well, all of the folks that I work with who have fixed index annuities are protected. They at least have zero. Some of them still have gains even in this down year so far this year. Uh, But there's no life insurance costs with fixed index annuities. So we get rid of that, that problem of fixed in, of, of index universal life insurance. There's no insurance expenses with fixed index annuities. And that's how you're able to participate in the market's upside without having to necessarily tumble down when the market goes down. What is the fixed part of a fixed index annuity? What does fixed mm-hmm. refer to? That's a great question. So there's an option in a fixed index annuity to move to a fixed allocation. So, you know, if you want, if you think, if you say, hey, Jordan, I think the, the world's coming to an end this year. I don't think I'm even going to want to participate in this index. Uh, S&P, NASDAQ, none of them sound good to me. I just want my fixed allocation this year. And it's, they'll pay you some nominal amount, you know, um, similar to a CD, a one-year or two-year CD. And they'll give that to you as an option uh, in the years that you think the market's going to go down. But normally, you'd want to keep it indexed to the S&P 500. And so when the market goes up, you benefit. When the market goes down, mm-hmm. you, you right. don't. It's similar to an index universal life, but just without the insurance costs is basically what you're saying. That's right. And this is something you would put a lump sum into? 
Yes, you can do a lump sum. Yes, yeah, so quite often a lot of our clients will come to us with an IRA or a 401k that, that they've been able to successfully accumulate. But Jordan, you know, most people, there are three phases to most retirements. Uh, one is the accumulation. Two is the, is the one that they miss, which I'll come back to. And then third is distribution. So accumulation, and then there's a gap, and then distribution. Uh, so accumulating is where Wall Street loves to talk to you and return your calls. They're happy to talk to you because it's your assets under their management, and that account balance is growing. And then as you move into retirement, now you're stuck on their hamster wheel of systematic withdrawals and the sequence of returns can be a major risk for folks in retirement, which we can get further into if you want to, Jordan, a little later. Um, but the missing piece that most people don't realize or, or even know is possible is stabilization. Step two after accumulate should be to stabilize that money. You got to cash in. You know, once you've played the casino and you've built up this nest egg, to stabilize that is a smart move before you go distributing it. Uh, and when you have an annuity, uh, fixed index annuity, you can roll over your IRA or, or your 401k, or you can transfer your IRA into those fixed indexed annuities, can, can be held inside an IRA, just like a mutual fund could. So all of it is tax deferred to do this move. And now you've stabilized your account balance before you start to distribute that money into your hot little hands for groceries and grandkids and that sort of thing. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Willis. He's the president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago area, certified financial planner. He's author of the book we spoke about before, uh, which is called How to Be an Amazon Legend and Fire Your Banker. You can find out more at his website, kickstartwithmark.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Willis, president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago area. Uh, his website is kickstartwithmark.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Glad to be We've on. We've been talking about very conservative kinds of things. Let's switch to the other side, which is crypto. Uh, it's been very volatile. It went up to like 65000 It went down to about 18000 Lately, it's been moving back up. Uh, what percentage of people's portfolio should they do in crypto, and, and what should they make of this phenomenon? Well, I think the incredible journey that we've been on this last uh, 
well, 15 years and then really the last 15 months has been an eye-opener for a lot of folks. Uh, I did really try to give all of crypto the benefit of the doubt. I really gave it as hard a push as I could. I looked into just about everything. I've, I've got clients that you know, bring me the latest coin or the la- latest uh, DeFi project. Uh, and I just could not find a use case that met my standards. I, I just couldn't feel good about it as far as like my own um, recommendations. Uh, I mean, anybody, everybody could play around with it like you would any other lottery ticket or sports gambling or whatever. Um, but I have yet to see a wide use case for crypto. Uh, and in fact, we're hearing more and more about uh, Celsius customers uh, as uh, Celsius was one of the big networks that, that just uh, recently froze all the assets. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's actually a great website out there. I'll give them a plug. They don't know who I am, but if you go to web three is going great.com uh, web, the number three is going great.com. It's just this, ongoing, um, uh, I guess, uh, disaster news site of over $10 billion now that's, that's gone and been scammed or subtracted from people's So, so would lives. you stay away mm-hmm. completely or would you do some in crypto? What would you, under those Yeah, again, would I would say under, under these circumstances, I would see it just like I would any kind of sports gambling. Um, if you can deal with never seeing it again, have some fun with it. And you might end up picking the right coin. Now, I, I do believe in Kiyosaki's comment. Robert Kiyosaki says there's three sides to every coin. Not two. There are three sides to every coin. There's heads, there's tails, and then there's the edge. So I do believe in finding speculative and even um, you know, very turbulent asset classes like crypto or even NFTs, etc. With money we can afford to lose. And why not even access the policy cash value of our bank on yourself policy and Go invest with money we could afford to never see again. If you wanted to, take a small portion from one of those policies we discussed earlier, put it to the right coin, and if the coin goes up, well, wow, you just increased your yield without any additional market risk. And in fact, really good financial planners will understand that having a a risk-free asset, meaning like an asset that is guaranteed to grow, i.e. whole life insurance, right next to a risky asset like crypto, when you pair those two together, it's like wine and cheese. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like it's like Jordan and Voice America. When they are together, they are better together, right, than they are alone. Uh-huh. Uh, so when you can put those two assets together, you can actually take more risk with less volatility. Uh, you can even increase your yield without any additional risk. In the long run, do you think Bitcoin is going to go up a lot? Some people think it'll go to a million. Some people think it'll go to zero. Just what direction do you think it's going to go long term? Jordan, I, you know, your guess is probably better than mine. Uh, but I would say I just cannot see anything that relates to money. I, I tried to look at the Wikipedia definition of money. And on every level, uh, Bitcoin has failed. It's not being used, in my opinion, in my opinion. Okay, so fast forward 20 years, and I might be way wrong. But I can't see anybody using it for groceries and gas. I can't see it being used as a store of value since it seems to be directly correlated to the stock market, uh, specifically the tech assets of the stock market, um, which, uh, you know, I, I don't see it essentially holding any value. Uh, it holds maybe uh, the 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 timestamp of someone's carbon footprint that they use to create that block, uh, that, uh, block in the uh, Bitcoin. Um, but I just can't see anything that is essentially being used as money. 
It can't be okay. used for my taxes and so forth. Okay, you also have a, a strategy called the Lake Growth Debt Snowbank Method uh, to buy back your debt. Explain how that works. This is going right back to my own story, Jordan. Uh, you know, I started with six figures of student loan debt, and somebody who was kind enough to sit down and talk with me um, sat me down and said, Mark, you got to find a better way than just being debt-free. That was my whole goal. I had heard on the radio, uh, a, a radio host I will not name, but his last name rhymes with Bamsey, uh, tell me that I needed to follow the debt snowball method and to just pay off all my debts one by one. I did a little calculator and I saw I'd be a, out of debt in about six years. And I just felt great. That was going to be my plan. But, you know, then I, what, what would I be? I'd be a zero net worth and six years older. And that just didn't feel good. It felt like a sugar high, you know? When you buy a bunch of candy and eat it, you feel great for about 15 minutes and then you feel empty inside. And that's how it feels when you pay off your debts. You feel great for about 15 minutes and then you feel empty inside. It's the same thing when you pay cash for your cars. You feel great for about 15 minutes and then you feel empty inside because that bank balance is empty. That bank balance is zero. So the debt snow bank method is an alternative to that problem of paying cash for our debts or any major purchase. Uh, essentially, what I did to pay off all my debts was I paid the minimums. I can Step one is you continue to pay your minimums on all your debts. Don't go behind if you can help it. Step two, anything above your minimums on your debts flood into a efficiently designed bank on yourself type whole life policy. And as you accumulate your cash value, it will continue to go up and your debts will continue to slowly come down. Step three, you borrow against your policy to wipe out your accounts, your debts one by one. And step four, you repay the loan to the policy that you own and control. Meanwhile, your policy keeps growing as if you never took the loan. This allows me to be better than debt-free. I'm not just debt-free when I got to the end of that project. Um, in, my, in my life, I was more than debt-free. I had an asset to my name, uh, a policy that had some dividend-yielding asset cash value that would then provide for me and my wife and my family uh, a, a tax-free income in retirement and more liquidity and guarantees all along the way. Very good. But it's a long-term strategy. I mean, it takes right. years to make this work, depending on how That's much right. debt you built up. Yes. Oh, yeah, especially if you, like me, had six figures of <laughs> student loan debt and we were in our 20s, not exactly making a ton of money at that time. But you're yeah. exactly right, Jordan. Uh, again, it probably took me an extra nine months to pay off my debt to do it that way. An extra nine months. Why? Because of that, you know, the initial upfront costs to the insurance of a whole life pro uh, product meant I lost some purchasing power in the first year or two or three that I would have otherwise had in my savings account, let's say. Um, so again, I agree with you, Jordan. It's not a good fit for everybody. If you need every last penny right now, just go get a savings account. Yeah. Just go get a savings account. I mean, part of an insurance policy is a discipline in having you put this money aside on a regular basis and having it grow, which otherwise you might never invest it or not have it grow if it's sitting in a checking account doing nothing. That is one of the benefits of having a whole life policy is kind of the automatic compounding and discipline of doing it. Is that right? It's the same It's the same thing I hear with dollar cost averaging, but without the market taking away all the dollars. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, yeah, you're right. You get that discipline of saving and that, that steady plodding, I guess. Uh, if, if folks were going to say one thing about me, I'm a plotter. I would rather plod, meaning slow, steady, predictable, and then taking wild lightning streak risks 
uh, with my business or my real estate because you know you can use this for paying off your debts and that's what the debt snowbank method is all about. But just as fun and more fun is to access the strategy of bank on yourself for things like real estate investing, syndication deals, um, other streams of income that you might decide, private money lending, crypto, like we talked about a minute ago. If you find a great opportunity and you're the one sitting on the giant pile of cash and banks have stopped lending like they tend to like to do when the markets are down and the prices are good, well, boy, that's a great time to, to be a plotter. And I would yeah. rather be uh, sitting on that cash ready to go to make that lightning streak move when the time comes. So in about two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize what difference it'll make in people's financial lives to use the bank on yourself strategy we've talked about? Well, again, I'd say, you know, if, 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 if you could just imagine what it's like to fire greedy bankers and finance companies, I mean, would you like to fire those, fi fire those greedy bankers, those finance companies and become your own source of financing? You're already in the banker's hot seat. You're just sitting on the wrong side of the banker's desk. Why do I say that? Well, because all of us buy stuff in our life and we either use a bank like a credit card or a student loan or we worse, we pay cash and we finance it from our future selves because the problem of paying cash is we no longer have that money growing for us ever again. So what would it be like? What would it feel like uh, to own and control the outcome of your financial life before you even begin and to know even at the very beginning of your financial journey, exactly what your minimum guaranteed value will be at the time you need to tap into it, say at age 60 or 65 or whatever age you plan to retire. And if this could not only be a liquid bucket of money for your cars and kids' college, but it could also double as a safe, predictable retirement saving strategy that only goes in one direction up, boy, that, that feels like financial peace to me. That feels like true freedom to me. Uh, yeah. So that's what, that's what ends up happening. We see people, um, you know, taking the leap and leaving their day job, for example, or paying off that debt or paying off their mortgage or helping their kid go to college. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Mark Willis. He's the president of Lake Growth Financial Services based in the Chicago area. You can find out more about the Bank on Yourself strategy, his book on how to be an Amazon legend and fire your banker at his website, kickstartwithmark.com. Thanks so much. I think we've learned a lot in the last hour, Mark. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.